Mac Power Users, Episode 550, The World of RSS. Hello and welcome back to Mac Power Users. My name is Stephen Hackett and I am joined as always by my friend and yours, Mr. David Sparks. Hello, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you today? I am good. I'm glad to be talking to you about one of my favorite internet technologies. I love RSS. Yeah, me too. I feel like we are just on the bandwagon today for RSS. So it's going to be fun to break it down, the history, the technology, some of our favorite readers, and maybe even a few tips on how to manage RSS. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. A couple announcements. Uh, Like I talked about last week, I've got that Keyboard Maestro webinar on August 27th. Uh, spaces are filling up. I had to get extra space. So uh, there's still room for you, though. Just go ahead and sign up. We've got a link in the show notes. It's going to be all about Keyboard Maestro. Rose Marie Orchard is going to join me. And um, I'm going to be talking about contextual computing. So like I've broken all my main tasks as Max Sparky or a lawyer or personal into different contexts. And I use Keyboard Maestro to kick them off. And it's a super powerful way to use your Mac. So I hope you join. It's free, and I'd love to see you there. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I hope that uh, it goes it goes well. I always get nervous those sorts of things, like doing technology in front of other people. I uh, yeah, I'm, I'll pray for you. I made the decision actually that a bunch of it I'm going to pre-record the screencasts. I'm going mm-hmm. to screencast a bunch of the the stuff because I learned a long time ago. Whenever I'm in front of a live audience, nothing behaves, and also just trying to get that up and running is a is a pain in the neck. And then like always, like oh, it's going to pop a client name right in the middle of that mm-hmm. window or something, yeah. you know. So it's just like. And there's going to be a lot of people watching. And there's also a recording afterwards, by the way. If you sign up for it and you can't make it, you'll get a link oh, for cool. a recording. So, um, but either way, so I'm, I'm going to re, pre-record a bunch of that. So I'm going to spend this weekend working on that stuff. But uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I've never done anything like this, but I've always wanted to do it. And uh, so I'm in, baby. Here we go. That's awesome. Uh, we spoke about this on uh, more power users recently, my preparation for the podcast-a-thon. And uh, last week, we announced that it's going to be September 18th, 2 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Relay FM uh, Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Relay FM. But this is all part of our bigger effort to raise money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. We've done this uh, every September for several years now. It's the second annual podcast-a-thon, but we've talked about St. Jude and National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month uh, every fall. And it's it's really cool because St. Jude treats children, uh, gives them treatment for cancer and other life-threatening diseases, transfusions, physical therapy, all of that stuff without charging their family a dime. And if you're like me, I've got a St. Jude kid, my oldest son had a brain tumor when he was six months old and underwent chemotherapy as a baby and is now starting fifth grade and doing really well uh, because of St. Jude. So we would love and be humbled by your support. You can go to stjude.org slash relay. There'll be a link in the show notes. Um, We know it's a hard year. We know 2020 has had surprises for many of us, but we would love your support here and we look forward to hanging out uh, on Friday, September 18th at the podcast-a-thon. I think David's going to come by. Uh, yeah. I, I got to do, like, my studio is just full of stuff for the podcast-a-thon now. I can barely walk around in here. Yeah, in fact, I talked you into buying gear for it. Uh-huh. 
you are now the owner of a stream deck. Yes. We're going to cover that and more power users today. We're going to break down Steven's stream deck. So that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, plus one to all of that, I'm going to be contributing and doing everything I can to help you out. And I, I just love being a part of this and any role we can all play, I think is, is a good one. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. RSS. Yes. Really simple syndication. That's right. RSS is just that. It is really simple. You can go read the history. It's it's uh, very interesting. Uh, Dave Weiner was key in its development. And basically the idea is that you can have a feed of content. So whether it be articles or podcasts or something else, you can have that delivered to you and you don't have to go out and find us. You don't have to go refresh the Max Sparky website to see if David's posted something new, your RSS client can go out and get it, uh, get it for you. And it is great. I mean, I love RSS. We're going to get into this, our usage of it, but I think it's a phenomenal technology. And I'm not just saying that because my entire career is built on it. Like all really FM does is produce RSS feeds with MP3s attached to them, but it it is great because it's open, it's flexible and, as we get into it, there's lots of ways to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, podcasts really are glorified RSS feeds, or maybe we just call them RSS feeds. But uh, I just want to talk about the history a little bit. Dave Weiner is the guy who not only made RSS or played a key role in it, but he's also the guy behind OPML, which is the outline uh, format that we use for mind mapping and outlining and a lot of writing workflows. I mean, that guy really... I mean, I don't always agree with the stuff he says, but honestly, I mean, he made such a contribution and so much of this podcast and blogging stuff is built on a technology that one person put together. It's Mm -hmm. really remarkable. It is. So what RSS really does is it allows you to avoid the problem of the buttons. You know, when we started on the internet, everybody had their buttons for all their favorite websites. And you'd log into your browser and then you'd click all the buttons for, you know, whatever it is you wanted to check to keep up with. And it just totally removes that. In fact, it takes the browser out of the picture entirely. And I think it's just a a really a superior way to get your news. I do too. I mean, we all remember those days where you would have, you know, maybe your local newspaper and the New York Times and ESPN and Max Sparky, all these websites bookmarked, right? And every couple hours you would just go through your bookmarks bar and click what's going on here, what's going on here, what's going on here. And that was fine for a time, but the web's a really big place. And now I can read, you know, literally hundreds of websites all in one place without having to do that dance through my bookmark collection. And it's way better. Yeah. I I feel like one of the reasons I'm glad to be talking about RSS, we did it. We covered this on the show like eight years ago or something. And in the meantime, RSS has been buried and then come back alive, uh, you know, because Google, everybody used Google for their RSS service because Google had a free RSS service for a very long time. And then one day decided that was no longer in their interest to have people, you know, getting their news directly delivered to apps as opposed to going to websites that have ads on them. I would guess that's probably why they did that. But um, when that happened, everybody said, oh, no, RSS is dead. We don't have RSS anymore. And then there was this kind of groundswell of RSS services that would do the thing for you that Google used to be doing. 
sometimes for a fee, sometimes for free. We're going to cover a bunch of them in this episode. But I think at that point, too, was the time that Twitter was coming into its own. And a lot of people just said, you know what, I don't need RSS anymore. I've got the social media accounts. And uh, you know what, I, I never bought into that. I wasn't buying what they were selling, Stephen. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about this because you seem to have a bit of a soapbox in talking to you in preparation of this, of social media versus RSS and using Twitter to get your news. Like, what, what's going on there? What's on your mind? I, I just don't, I think it's a bad idea because um, I think one of the big, pro- I mean, I, first of all, caveat, I have a f- podcast called Focused, right? So what do you think? Um, <laughs> but I, I really do think social media and the grind to get your your nose in a social media app every hour. I mean, that's what these guys really want to do. That's how they make their their dump trucks full of thousand dollar bills is by getting people to engage with their apps as often as possible. And when you decide you're going to put your news into something like that, saying, "Well, I'm just going to go check the news in Twitter," that means that's just one more reason that you have to go in Twitter and. You go on Twitter, first of all, you don't just check the news. You get caught up in, you know, your friend's French fries at the artisanal French fry restaurant or whatever. And it's a very specific so that, example. I feel like oh, you yeah. read about French fries on Twitter today. <laughs> I had them for lunch today, actually. Okay. So there you go. But the um either way, I feel like, you know, it just it's very easy to get sidetracked. And also, if you're saying I'm gonna go to social media for my news, that means if anytime you want the news, you have to go to social media. And then suddenly that's a really good reason to go to social media when you should be doing your work or, you know, making something you love or spending time with your kids. So I just feel like it's a trap that you build for yourself. Um, For me, I, um, sometimes I'm engaged in social media and sometimes I'll go two or three days where I'm not. And that's okay with me. I don't mind because I don't need to go there for my news. You know, <laughs> when I want to check in on the news, I can go get it via RSS. Now let's say that you say, I'm going to use Twitter for my news and you are somebody who's not going to engage in social media for a couple of days. When you come back, what are you going to do? Scroll back like three days worth of tweets to find out what happened with the stock market. You know, I mean, that's silly. I think it's better having an RSS feed where you can just catch yourself up when you have time it's dedicated just to giving you the news that you've chosen from the sources you've chosen, not the sources chosen by everybody in your feed. And, um, don't even get me started on news on Facebook. Right. But the, <laughs> um, but so I just feel like it, it's a square peg in a round hole. So I, I, I like, if you're doing that and it makes you happy, you know, bless you go, go ahead and do it. But I think, uh, a more efficient way to digest and keep up with the news is the trusted and true Dave Weiner developed RSS feed. You know, I actually really agree with that for, for all the reasons you said, but also I just want to be in a different state of mind when I sit down to read the news and, and, you know, we can, def- we can talk about what we subscribe to. Mine is mostly tech and Apple stuff. Right. Yeah. And it just serves a different place in my life and I need different tools there than I do at Twitter. And we'll, we'll talk about our workflows in a little while, but it's a di- just a different thing for me. Like I do have a private list with some news and like reporters on it that I like, but that's not my primary source of news. It's, it's just kind of there. Sometimes I check in on it, but really I treat them as separate things. And I think that's, um, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So and everybody has to choose their own. But I, I do note that a lot of folks seem to be coming back around to the idea that RSS is once again a good thing. 
and that, you know, maybe you taking control of your news is worth it. And the good news is there has been, you know, throughout this period, this development of uh, RSS services that will sync and manage the feeds for you and some just really top-notch app work. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about a lot of apps today. And the interesting thing about them is that they all do a good job of managing RSS, but they all have a very different opinion about how RSS works for you. You know, And so hopefully after the show today, you'll be able to find some apps that are kind of in line with what you want. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of options to make RSS really customized to the way you want it. Maybe the mo- one of the most customizable web technologies available right now. Yeah, because you don't have that on social media, right? Like you can yeah. customize Twitter to a degree, but a lot of these things are fed by, you know, machine learning and an algorithm that's going to know what you like. And the RSS, you can subscribe to what you want, read it when you want it, and use the apps and services you want. It's, it's totally flexible. While we've been growing this rich ecosystem of RSS apps, I mean, some of them look really pretty. Some of them have a lot of power tools. I mean, just we're going to talk about them. Uh, But while these have been growing, uh, Twitter has been putting the screws down on independent developers to the point that I don't even use an independent third-party Twitter app anymore because they don't want me to. Mm -hmm. And the experience has got inferior with third-party apps. So you have less options on Twitter, whereas with RSS, you really can kind of make it the way you want it. I need to stop comparing them because they're really different. I mean, Twitter is a social media and it's just, I guess I just keep coming back to it because some people keep trying to turn Twitter into a, an RSS or a news source. And I, I'm just not, not buying it. Yeah, no, I get it, man. I, I think that I think Twitter and Facebook, all these companies want to be in the news, but also not be in the news, which is like a whole different topic. And I just prefer to keep it separate. And what they want to be is they want to be in the business of getting you opening their app and looking at their ads. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they want to be. So they will do whatever. I mean, they'll be news. They'll, they'll act as rage machines, whatever you want them to be. If that's what it takes to get you in there. I'm starting to sound like a cynical old man. I'm going to stop, <laughs> stop doing that. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by one password. Head on over to onepassword.com slash MPU to learn more and sign up for a free 30-day trial with 20% off when you sign up. So one password. I have it on my Macs, my iPad, my iPhone, but I've been spending some time uh, in Windows for a project that people will see a little bit later. And I've been using the Edge browser. It is really cool. So it is a version of the one password ecosystem all just packed down into the browser. And so I can be in Edge on Windows and get all the passwords that I have with me on all of my other devices. And it makes switching between devices really seamless because everything just syncs with the one password cloud. I have a Teams account for work passwords. I have a family's account for home passwords and everything is with me wherever I go, no matter what device is at my fingertips. So if you want to learn more, head on over to onepassword.com slash MPU. Sign up for that free 30-day trial. And when you sign up, you'll get 20% off. Our thanks to 1Password for their support of the show. So there's really two big categories we're going to cover today. The first is RSS services. 
And then we're going to get into RSS apps and we'll cover the apps for both the Mac and the iPhone and iPad. But services, I think, is a little confusing for people. You want to explain that? Yeah. So when you go to like check your RSS, you're going to use an application on the Mac or iPad or whatever. We're going to talk about those. But most of those apps are syncing with a service. This is kind of like email. So think about Gmail being the provider or the service and using mail.app on your Mac. That's the the app or the client. So it's kind of a similar relationship. Uh, These services offer a bunch of different features. We're going to go through some popular ones. But the, the sort of the key thing is it's a central repository where all of your RSS applications can sync. So if you're on your Mac and you read an article and you go to check RSS on your phone an hour later, it knows that article's been read because it got synced with the service that you're using. And this is great for those of us who move between devices. I actually do a lot of RSS reading on my phone. And it's great that if I see something, I can leave it unread and it stays unread on my Mac. Uh, so it's it's letting us sync all of this stuff. Now, most of these apps you can just use directly. So you can just subscribe to RSS feeds just locally. But I really like using a service so I get to, to move around between different devices uh, more easily. Yeah, I mean, it really, to me, reminds me, to use your email analogy, I would say IMAP. I mean, if you think back in the days when we all had just one computer, everybody had pop email. And then suddenly the iPhone showed up or some second device showed up and your mail was not in sync. You know, you'd read an email on one device, you'd go to the other device, it still was there unread. And IMAP solves that. And IMAP feels to me like the the really kind of similar analogy because it's got some features, but not a lot, you know, and these RSS services, some of them try to bring a lot of features to the table, but, you know, basically it's telling you these are the feeds this, this person reads and these are the articles that they've already read and the articles they haven't read. And, you know, that's what you're looking for. But if you're using more than one device, I think it's a lot easier with the service. I mean, uh, prepping for this month's show, I was trying a lot of apps out. One of the apps I tried that didn't make the cut for the show outline was a RSS reader that did not work with um, any of these syncing services, just wanted you to sign up. And it really felt like I was trapped in a bubble in that app, you know, and, and I guess if you were just going to read your feeds on that one device, it would be okay. But I, I think most people want the ability to, to jump between devices. Yeah. And me too. Or just between applications, right? So if a new RSS yeah. app comes out on the iPhone I yeah. want to check it out. I just need to make sure that it supports the service I use and I can sign in with it and just kick the tires. That's how I did this, right? Dude, I installed yeah. so many RSS apps on my Mac, iPhone, and iPad the last couple of weeks. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah, me, too. me too. And I, I had been using one for years. And then now in the last like month, I've used like seven. So Awesome. Anyway, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, let's talk about services though. Um, so Google, like we had said earlier in the show, Google was the king of this hill mm-hmm. because it was free and a solid service. And then one day they, they pulled the plug on it and a bunch of them sprung into life. Yeah. Uh, Feedly seems to be the most popular and doing some research for this and just looking at stats that I have access to Feedly is, is hugely popular. It is a service. They do have their own applications, but you can sign in with third-party applications. They do some special stuff if you're just in their app. And that's true for several of these services that if they do yeah. offer their own application, 
they have some like special features on top. I think it's the most popular because it's free. You don't have to pay until you hit a hundred feeds. And for most people probably don't have that many. Most people yeah. are fine just doing it on the web. And so I bet the vast majority of Feedly people out there are just using the free plan and are honestly probably pretty happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine myself having a hundred feeds. If I did, there's something, something's <laughs> gone drastically wrong in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. There is a, a paid tier as well, as you could imagine, several paid tiers. Uh, they even do some interesting stuff for business. So like you can sign up for a business plan and share RSS feeds amongst team members. And so I was really thinking about this and like the use cases and a use case I thought of was if you're in a technical field and you want everyone to have the most up-to-date information on your field, you could pipe in RSS feeds, maybe even of your own creation and make sure that all your employees or team members are, you know, reading the same stuff, have access to the same stuff. I mean, it would be like a wave distribution, like a, like a big company, like an IT department could publish, you know, updates via a Feedly yeah. feed. Yeah, I think so. So uh, so there is that. Um, their plan started about six bucks a month and they go up from there. They have a, a new feature called Leo, which is their AI. They call it an AI research assistant. Basically what it does is it looks at all your... F- feeds and incoming articles and say that there's eight articles about, you know, the Mac OS 10.15.7 coming out. Right? Cause there's always a bunch of these articles. Right? I write them every time, a bunch of articles about the same thing. Well, this could, for instance, collapse all those into one article or maybe two and sort of mute the others and let them go by. So it doesn't clog up what you're doing. Uh, you can also prioritize topics or trends or keywords. So I could say, Hey, I subscribe to a hundred feeds but anything that says Relay FM, like put it at the top. I want to see if anyone's mentioning my company in their writing. So you can do a bunch of that stuff with this. And I just, I don't know about you, but I don't have a huge need for this. I, I, I'm kind of fine with my RSS being kind of dumb. But if you use RSS as a giant as a giant bucket, you know, it's like pour as much stuff into it as possible. This could be a nice way to filter things out so it's not overwhelming to you. Yeah, I feel like that's just a fundamentally different way to think about RSS. And yeah. it's not wrong. I mean, if you want, you can have a bunch of fire hoses in your RSS feed. And I just choose not to. I, I have a very limited feed and it's from, you know, it's from people I trust and know. Or, you know, if I do have a fire hose, it's from a fire hose from a company that I think is good. So I'm, I'm pretty careful about it. And so there's an, this growth of like smart features, not only in the services, but also in the apps. And in general, I'm not entirely sold on them. I tried a bunch of them out for today's show and, and they're cool, but it's more than I need because I kind of solved that problem at the source by not having a lot of articles thrown at me. I don't need to bring a lot of artificial intelligence to bear. Yeah. This would have been different for me when I was doing like subnet and download to retired podcasts that were like broad tech news or like I had Engadget and The Verge and Ars Technica and like all these like real, like you said, fire hose tech feeds. And I, I sanctioned them off into their own folder in my RSS setup. And so I just checked them when it was time to prep for those shows. If I was still doing that today, this feature may be appealing to me. Like I don't need to see that eight people publish reviews of this one Android phone today. Like just show me 
the couple most important ones. But with my current needs, uh, it's just not a good fit. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, one of the things you can do, well, let, let's save it for later, but I mean, there's ways to address fire hoses, and mm-hmm. uh, I have thoughts on that. Um, a- another popular RSS service is Feedbin, and um, this one is the one you use. I do. So in that era after Google Reader where there were all these popping up, I tried several and I landed on Feedbin for a few reasons. Uh, it's five bucks a month. So it's it's not the cheapest thing out there, but it's also not the most expensive. But it's also just really simple. And critically, it is widely supported by RSS applications. And because they don't do anything super weird, I think that's why it's so widely supported. So um, yeah. I use it. They do have their own app and you can set up push notifications from it. Again, I use it with third-party applications uh, I did learn in, in research that their webpage, it's kind of funny, includes a screenshot of the six colors feed in which Jason links to 512 pixels. Like I, just, I found that funny. Like, oh, my website's featured barely. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, but one really cool thing with Feedbin that I think is super smart is that you can forward your email newsletters to Feedbin. So if you go on the website and go to settings, you get a secret email address and then you use that email address for your newsletters. And so I could, I could tell Ben Thompson or club Mac stories or the Mac Sparky, you know, monthly roundup, whatever, send these to this secret Feedbin address. And then they would show up in an RSS folder in my RSS reader. I personally really like that because the newsletters I subscribe to are all similar in topic to what I read in RSS and usually by the same people. And so I think this is a really cool feature. Other services do have it. I think Feedbin, Feedbin's had it since like 2016. And I, I just, I really like that, uh, that ability to sort of siphon things out of my inbox and put newsletters here in RSS land. Why don't you just uh, put that, that email address in the show notes and we can all add no, you know, any not, good newsletters we want for do you. That. It's David at maxbarkey.com. Um, <laughs> I know it seems familiar. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is what I, I use. I've used it for years. I've been, I, I've been so happy with it because I never think about it, right? And that's what I want out of a service like this. I can subscribe to feeds and the applications I use. I can use Feedbin on the web. The web interface is actually really nice and simple. So if I'm on a computer where I don't have an RSS app, I can just go to feedbin.com and log in. I've been really happy with it. And I think out of these, it's probably the simplest because like Feedly has all those features we mentioned. And the others we're going to talk about also do like additional stuff on top. But Feedbin is just straightforward. And that's what I wanted. Yeah, I am. So I'm using the next one on our list and it's Feed Wrangler. And to be honest, the reason I signed up for it is because David Smith makes it. David was just on our show a few months ago, mm-hmm. the the Apple Watch app guy. And um, but he put he put this together kind of when Google fell apart. I think he viewed it as an opportunity to make a nice, simple, clean feed service. It's even less expensive. It's nineteen dollars per year, so it's very you know inexpensive to have the service. And it gives me what I want. I mean, it's um, it's very easy. I manage it on the web, so I add feeds on the web, and I can do groupings, or I think he has a different name for it, like smart groups or something, where you can put them together. So, like, I have 
the Apple stuff as one group and I have like the, you know, focus stuff as another group. And so I can kind of put those groupings together and any apps that plug into the feed Wrangler API, uh, bring those groups over for me. So everything's all sorted for me already. Um, it's really easy to import feeds. It's fast and it has never let me down. You know, it always syncs. It does not have the feature with the magic email, but I'm, I'm fine reading newsletters in the mail app. That's I have that kind of sorted out already. I don't need to, to send them over to RSS. Uh, but I just, you know, it's just a solid, RSS reader, it's sustainable. I mean, they got $19 a month from me and all the other users. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. You know, they're not going to pull the rug out from me like, um, like Google did. And it works with all of the big apps, you know, just, I, I don't know that it, it's as popular as Feedly is, but it works with most of the, I mean, all the ones I tested for the show had Feed Wrangler as a potential RSS reader. So, uh, actually with, with the exception of one, which we'll talk about in a minute, but the, um, I, I think it's fine, you know, and I, 19 bucks a month is about right for me. I'm sorry. A year is about right for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh feed wrangler is, is solid. I used it for a while. I sort of settled on, on feed bin, but feed wrangler definitely gets my recommendation as well to check out. You know, the, the website looks a little dated. Like there's a podcast of mine on here from, many, many years ago, you know, I kind of wish underscore would update some of this stuff, but the fee, the service works well. And underscore is a very responsible developer. Like you said, he's not going to pull the rug out on you. And, and if you don't like it, there's a 14 day refund policy, which I think is super cool. So you can see if you like it. And if you don't, uh, there's lots of other options. Yeah. And another point I would make is that, uh, David Smith is not a guy who's going to like try and monetize mm-hmm. your feeds by selling it to somebody. It's like, it's a developer you can trust. Yes, so absolutely. I think that that's something of value. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. News blur is another one and it's a uh, free or $36 a year to pay how many feeds you have. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so it's kind of in the middle there in terms of price. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I have not used this one ever. But, uh, you know, just kind of looking at it in prep for the show, you know, I can't really test to it's, um, into, into how reliable it is, but I know it's very popular and, uh, they seem like they're putting a lot of effort into making this app or this service. Yeah. I, I, I've spent time with it. Um, I will say if you use its web interface and for some of the stuff you have to, the design is, is pretty lacking. I, I wish they would spend some more time there. But it does some of those things we talked about Feedly doing where you can tr- like teach it stories that you want to see and stories that you don't want to see. So like say that you don't want to read anything about Apple versus Epic Gaming, this big story going on, you know, kind of as we record this, you could train it to uh, hide that stuff. Um, there's tagging as well. So you can save stories with tags and come back to them later, which is pretty cool. I tend to save things elsewhere. For me, RSS is just like my inbox. Like it is temporary. Things get read or they go away. And, uh, but if you want to save them there, they have this cool feature for that. They have full text search, which is really nice. A lot of these services, it's hard to search past feed items. In fact, some of these services, it's basically impossible. So news blur has that as well. Uh, they make their own application, but they do work with third-party applications as well, all the popular ones on the Mac and, and iPhone and iPad. Um, and they do the email newsletter 
uh, trick that Feedbin does. So if you like that, but you want more kind of nerdy tools, News Blur is worth a look. How invested are you in this Apple slash Epic lawsuit kerfluffle? Uh, I mean, on one hand, I don't care, but on the other hand, it's like really fascinating to see what could happen to the App Store. So I would say I'm interested yeah. in it professionally, but personally, I don't care. Yeah, I, I just can't get excited about it, honestly. <laughs> but anyway, that's just me. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been in too many lawsuits in my life. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, All right. Like, uh, no, not again. Not not a party, but I've been involved with too many lawsuits. Right. Of course. Yeah, you've been the guy with the cool keynote document. Yeah. The um. Anyway, uh, another service, the uh, the power feature service is um, in a reader, I-N-O-R-E-A-D-E-R. And this is another one that wants to go beyond merely your feeds. You know, they're looking at, um, you know, discovering stuff as well. And th- I think this one has the most automation tools for any uh, service that we looked at. Yeah, you can automate a lot of stuff off RSS, like Zapier and If This Then That can use RSS as a trigger for lots of things. But I know Reader has a lot of that built in. And so you could, in their interface, say, when feeds meet these conditions, then you know trigger these actions. So you could say, hey, if there is a, a headline mentioning my name, send me a push notification, that sort of thing. Um, So that can be very powerful. And I like this because it's in the realm of their system and you're not hooking it up to Zapier or something else where it could take a little bit longer for it to trigger. Uh, This is the nerdy one. This is the one that I think this is the power user one. Um, There's muting, there's uh, keyword monitoring. So again, you can say you can have searches and then those searches themselves show up as a feed in your reader. So it can do some really powerful stuff. And again, they have their, their own app and a lot of the stuff you're managing from the web itself. So uh, this is kind of a web app with mo- mobile components. Um, and I think that if, if you're really looking to make RSS an automation touch point, this is where you should start because they have all that built in where you're not, like I said, you're not relying on chaining multiple services together. Yeah. Like you want to search for Stephen Hackett and bad hair day in mm-hmm. the title. You could do that with this service. You know, look, I haven't had a haircut in many months, but there's no, yeah. there's no need to make fun of it. We just got delivered the hair home haircut kit. <laughs> My wife is going to, uh, sit me down in the backyard maybe over the weekend. So, uh, look. I said, it's fine. Doesn't matter. You know, the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut, right? Uh, no. What's the, what's the difference? Two, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, look, if it goes poorly wrong, you can always buzz it, right? There's always the reset button of the buzz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's another reason to sign up for my webinar. You may see a very interesting haircut yeah. on me that like, day. Why are you wearing a hat? Like, oh, <laughs> things went terribly wrong. Um, yeah. So those are some services. There are others. These are the ones that, uh, looking at some, you know, like five, 12 pixel stats, these are the popular ones. And I think that they offer a large amount of variety on the surface surface. You're like, well, why would one RSS service be worth a choice over the other? There's some real difference in these things. And so if you're not using one or or you don't love the one you're using, check some of these out. Most of them have free tiers. Um, Like I know reader, you can spend up to 50 bucks a year, but you can also 
check it out on their free tier and see what's going on and see if it would meet your needs. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I almost think this is better than the situation we had with Google. And I understand nobody wants to spend money on this stuff, but uh, when you spend money on it, you control it. You know, a lot of these are reputable developers and they're not going to be monetizing your, you know, your data. So you, you lose that and you can choose from really a wide variety of features that are happening at the RSS level. I guess going back to my original analogy, this is better than IMAP. You can do way more with IMAP. So I think Steven had it right with Google Mail, but the, um, but you can really kind of set your feature set right at the source with one of these services. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Hover. Go to hover.com slash MPU, make a name for yourself and get 10% off any domain name. When you have that one big idea, where do you go? For a ton of entrepreneurs, Hover is the big leap because your business starts with a domain name. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. And they have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. And they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free who is privacy so the bad guys don't get your information a very clean user interface, and monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting a business. I uh, went to Hover to buy the Sparks ESQ website long before I decided to leave my firm, and it was, in hindsight, the first big step I took towards you know getting my freedom and leaving the firm. It felt great, and I own that through Hover. In fact, I own a lot of domains through Hover. When my children were born, I bought their domains and I didn't really talk to them about it until very recently, but I've been paying every year through Hover to keep domains for my kids' names with the .com. And I just told one of my daughters recently, oh, by the way, I have your domain. And she was totally impressed with me. And you know how hard it is to impress a teenager. But yes, I did it with the domain through Hover. You can do it too. Whatever your next big idea is, go ahead and get your domain or buy it for a gift someone when they have a kid. We know you like intuitive user experiences and things that just work straight out of the box. So I know you're going to appreciate Hover. Their user interface is really simple, clean, and easy to navigate. It's not like one of these games where they're trying to trick you into buying things you don't need. Hover makes it simple. So buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash MPU and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That's URL one more time is hover, H-O-V-E-R.com slash MPU. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So we've talked about services. Let's talk some about apps. And let's start on yes. the Mac because apps. we're Mac power users. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there are a lot of options on iOS. There are fewer options on the Mac, but there are three that stand out to me. Um, the first one is Reader. That's R-E-E. D-E-R. Again, links are in the show notes. Uh, Reader version yeah. 4 is is out on the Mac App Store now. It's a free download. And it is a classic, kind of like a modern classic, right? NetNewsWire is, yeah. is the classic. We're going to talk about that in a second. But Reader has been around a long time. In fact, in researching this, I found a review I wrote of it. Like in, well, it's dated 2019, but I think I wrote it in about 2016. It's been updated yeah. over time on the suite setup, but it is uh, really solid. It syncs with a whole 
bunch of services, including almost all the ones that we mentioned and then some that we didn't. You can use it locally. You can sync it with Instapaper. You can use iCloud Sync and just sync saved articles around your different instances of reader on your on your different devices. Really well fleshed out as you would as you would expect from a uh, an app that's got some years on it, right? It's it's been around a while. Well, I would say it's been around a while, but it has evolved. Yes. I mean, they've done a lot of, or I, th- I actually think it's a, a single app, de- mm-hmm. a single developer app. But he's done a lot of design iterations over it. And Reader has always been the app that, um, in my mind, is really about kind of streamlined workflows. It's an app that makes it very easy to save things to whatever your read later later services. It, it doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles, but it's super clean design. And I mean, the idea of getting in one of these apps is just to read the news. So why not have a super clean design? I've been using this on the Mac. I, I have to admit, I don't normally read RSS at all on a Mac. I do a lot of stuff on the Mac, but this is something I want to do kind of when I'm away and out of work mode. Hmm. Um, so I got these apps in preparation for the show today but reader is very much the mac version of its its ios equivalent i mean it's it's it looks clean it's uh it's easy to operate and i think it's a good starting point for a lot of people yeah i do too it is big into flexibility and this is common in a bunch of rss apps but i really like the way reader does it so it has the standard share menu with all the extensions that you can set on the Mac and system preferences. But Reader goes a step further and lets you put some of those in the toolbar of the application. So if, if you're always on a iMessaging people links out of your RSS, then you can drag the messages little share button out into the toolbar. So it saves you that extra click into the menu. And I think that's really cool. And it's also very keyboard shortcut friendly, mm-hmm. and it, it actually lets you use single letter keyboard shortcuts for those tools. Those tools you put into the menu bar. So, if you're reading it with a, a hand on the keyboard, you can very quickly get articles out to other places if you're going to share them or put it into a read it later service or run an automation on it. Um, there are very few apps that are as efficient at that as Reader is. It also looks really nice. There are several different themes. It's got some cool gesture support. You can move between the panels. And I don't know. I think it's I think it's just solid basically all the way around. But it doesn't feel old. I mean, it, it looks nice, but it doesn't feel like there's some apps that have been around as long as Reader have and they look it. This one doesn't. So yeah, it, it has aged well, but it also speaks to the developers updating. Like this is version four. There's a, a major new version every couple of years. And so they, they stay on top of it, even if the core of the app has been the same. Like it's an RSS reader. Like it's relatively straightforward. But they've done a good job at moving the ball forward. Yeah, agree. Let's talk about NetNewsWire. This is an interesting story. Uh, NetNewsWire was my original RSS app before there was an iPhone, mm-hmm. you know, so when the Mac was the only thing you would read RSS on. And I mean, I bought it so many years ago and for years it was my RSS reader and Brent Simmons, who was behind it kind of went on and did other things over the years. Um, he, you know, you know, he's been involved with a lot of apps. Most recently he was with the Omni group, but he's had this kind of passion project of bringing net newswire back to life. 
and he's been working on this now, I know at least a year, uh, and now it's out. So you can get net newswire on your Mac again. Yeah, that's right. And it is a whole new app and it's open source. Uh, so Brent is working with a team to develop it. It is super fast. I, it fetches so quickly. It's really lightweight and it uses mostly standard controls. And so it looks at home on the Mac, you know, reader is very opinionated in its design. I think it looks fantastic. Net Newswire looks very, very stock. And I think that's really nice. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's solid and it's free. And so it is a, it's a great place to start. However, <laughs> however, Feedbin is the only RSS service it supports. Yep. And I am on Feed Wrangler. I talked about earlier, there is one exception. I would very much like to make Net Newswire my, um, my newsreader of choice because it's got nostalgia in it for me, but I'm friends with Brent and I just like the idea of what he's doing and it's just a well-crafted app, but I can't use it. So I'm keeping an eye on this one. Um, you know, I loaded it up and I, I wrote, I loaded some feeds into it, but I want to work through feed wrangler. And I, I think it scratches the itch for me to the extent I will be doing this ever on a Mac, but it's just not, you know, it's just not there. And they have said that that is a priority to add more syncing services, but it's, yeah. it's still a relatively young app, even though it's, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> even though it yeah, has this great legacy version five is new. And so yeah. they are, you know, adding those things as they go. But I would imagine that Feed Wrangler would be uh, coming right along at some point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The third one is ReadKit. It is much more like Reader than it is Net Newswire. In fact, they, they kind of look the same. It syncs with a bunch of stuff. It also syncs with Instapaper, Pocket, and Pinboard. So you can use it as like a read it later type um, application. I don't particularly love this app for a couple of reasons. Um, I don't know the developer, but it feels too close to reader in, in my, in sort of my opinion, I, I would like to see them branch out a little bit in terms of design and, and the way it sort of even operates. But my uh, kind of big problem with it is that it, can be very CPU hungry. In fact, it is the only application on my Mac that has a setting to change how aggressively it syncs. And because the more it syncs, it's just really CPU hungry. Like I've got a 12 core Mac Pro open activity monitor. It's like, okay, an RSS app should not be at the top of this list ever. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> Using, you know, uh, a lot of CPU. So I had hoped that this had gone away. They had solved this. It doesn't seem like they have... But it is an alternative. There's a 14-day free trial. It's 10 bucks in the Mac App Store. And it may do it for you. But I think with Net Newswire and Reader, I think you've, you're have you pretty much covered. Yeah. I mean, and the, the unfortunate thing with Net Newswire is it's limited to a few, just the one syncing service. Yep. But, but I, I think it really is a future app people should watch if they can't get it now. And honestly, Reader is great. It's great on the Mac and I, I like having it now that I've installed it, I'm going to leave it on there, but I just got out of the habit of doing RSS on the Mac because it feels so good on iPad. Mm -hmm. I guess we should talk about that next. But before we move on though, one, one point is some of the apps we're going to talk about have versions on iPhone, iPad, and Mac. You don't have to use the same app. You know, it's just like, you know, talking about the underlying RSS 
uh, service technology means that just like you can have two different mail apps between your Mac and your, your iPhone, you can do the same thing with read, reader views. So like if you like reader on your Mac, that doesn't mean you have to use reader on your iPhone. Yeah, that's right. That's the beauty of those services we talked about, right? So as long as I'm signed in with Feedbin on any application, it's going to stay in sync. This episode of Mac Power Users is also brought to you by Mint Mobile. The folks who can cut your wireless bill to $15 a month with their futuristic approach to wireless. I got a Mint Mobile SIM card in the mail. We're going to talk about that here in a second. I took it out of the box. I put it in my Pixel 3a, my Android phone. And within a few minutes, I had gone to their website, activated it, and I was up and running. And the coverage is great, and it is really inexpensive. So if you're on one of those big wireless providers, you may wonder what you're paying for. They got expensive retail stores, inflated prices, fees. There's lots of opportunities for them to take advantage. And that's where Mint Mobile comes in. It provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything's online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, passing the savings directly to their customers, making it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text, and you can stop paying for that unlimited data that, honestly, you're you're just never going to use. Choose between plans of 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan, your same phone number, your existing contacts. All you're doing is ditching that old, expensive wireless bill. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash MPU. Head on over there and cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash MPU. Our thanks to Mint Mobile for their support of the show and Relay FM. Mobile apps. So many. There's a lot more here to talk about. <laughs> and now I'm rubbing my hands together because this is like, this is it, man. If you're going to get into RSS, I mean, there's nothing better than sitting on the couch, sipping a glass of your favorite beverage and catching up with your news feeds. That's a very nice pastime. Yeah. And there's there's some great apps for that, both on the iPhone and iPad. All of them are, are going to support both platforms. But the iPad in particular feels to me like what could be better? you know, than having the iPad. Did you ever watch the um, 2001 Space Odyssey movie? Did you ever yeah. go down that? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and they've got the tablets and they've got the original iPads basically in the movie. But that's what they're doing. They're reading the news. They're doing their RSS. You know, <laughs> Kubrick couldn't fit it on the screen, but they were probably using a, an RSS feed up there in space. And uh, it really feels to me like the way you're supposed to use an iPad when you read news on it. Let's start with Reader. We were just mentioning it over on the Mac, and this is Reader with two E's. And this one started out as an iOS app. I mean, I first became, became aware of it on my iPhone. I think it actually predates the iPad, but I'm not certain of that. But it just um, it's, it is an opinionated app, just like we said over on the Mac side, but I think it even goes further. I, and I had stopped using it. I'll tell you why in a minute, but I hadn't been using it for years. And as we prepped for uh, the show, I had it on uh, several of my devices. In fact, I sent to Steven a screenshot like two or three weeks ago and the reader icon was on the home screen and I hadn't turned off the notification badge because mm-hmm. I just installed it. And Steven was giving me no end of grief <laughs> about that. It's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. 
that the, uh, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, I really, I feel like reader, as I said on the Mac side, they, it's just aged so well. It's, it's, it's just a completely solid app still. It is. And it has a lot of the customization that we talked about on the Mac app has it here. So you can set, if I swipe right or left, what does it do? What does it do if I swipe up? Can I change my fonts and size? Like all that stuff is available on the iOS app as well. Uh, I think it's really nice, especially on the iPad. Those sliding panels just feel right at home. Yeah, and the settings, the reader settings are, if you're into this stuff, um, I think they've got a free trial for reader. But if you can get into just look through the settings because it's this is an app that's been around a long time. You can tell by the settings. Like one of the options is, do you want me to grayscale your favicons? I've never known how to say that. Was it favicons or favicons? I'm going to go with favicons. Okay, favicons. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So it's a little icon that shows up in the feed. You can grayscale that and, and reader. I mean, like that. that's like, that's got to be so far down the list. And if he got to it, that means everything else got fixed first. My, I'll tell you my problem with reader and I see it again, just using it over the last two or three weeks. It's my problem with reader is it's efficiency. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, right? But like, you can swipe an article into your read it later service of choice in the list view. Like you can just see the list of articles, just take your thumb, swipe from right to left and it just puts it into your read it later service and it's done. And it's so fast that I was getting, I I was losing self-control that I could say, Oh, I'll read that later. Touch. I'll read that later too. touch. And what was happening was I was filling up these read it later services with hundreds of articles that I knew in my heart of hearts, I would never read. I actually wanted to add a layer of, um, of complication to make it harder for me to put these things in read it later services. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I I know it sounds stupid, right? But it, I needed that, that that's like a self-control mechanism, I guess, because I was just, and, and even now I've already seen inflation in my reading list because of using this app. Because it's just so easy. Uh, we also mentioned Net Newswire. Uh, everything we said about the Mac version is true of the iOS version. Lightweight, really fast, looks really stock. So I think it looks really good as as iOS changes. It will keep up really nicely. It's um, it is simple, right? So those uh, those restrictions that you were talking about earlier, like <laughs> just syncing with Feedbin. Uh, that's present here as well. So if that's if that's a deal breaker on the Mac, it'll be a deal breaker on iOS as well. But I think it's really nice looking. Yeah, I agreed. Um, the uh, the one that I like and the one I've been using for some time now is Unread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. So uh, I just want to break this one down a little bit. Uh, this one has more friction in terms of getting things into the read it later services. So you would argue it's less efficient. But what Unread does for me is it's just beautiful. The way they lay the page out. I I tried a lot of apps leading up to this episode and I kept looking for something to unseat Unread as my favorite way to look at these news articles and none of them came even close. I think Unread is just a really pretty app. Yeah, so it basically gets rid of all of the Chrome, right? So there's there's basically no UI except the articles. And it's all done via swiping. 
There's a whole bunch of different color themes. So you can have light or dark or something with some color, a bunch of alternative icons. And I really like it on the iPad, but I actually really love Unread on the phone because it's very thumb friendly because it's all gestures, right? There's hardly any buttons at all. And so you can just kind of scroll through things and, you know, pop them over. And yeah, Unread is is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I've talked to the developer on this one. I think he was telling me it was like he had a baby or something. He wanted an app that he could manage with one hand. And that's how the app came into existence. You know, he wanted a news app that he could manage one-handed. So it is very user-friendly, but it is just gorgeous. So that's I think that's where it starts. Now, if you're not interested in pretty, but more utility, I think you lean towards reader. If you want something that's very pretty, I think unread is something you should look at. And it's just, it's just a really pretty app, but it also has all the tools. It works with all the main services. The downside is they've recently released reader, un, I'm sorry, unread version two. And they've added some features like, you know, when you get an article and it says, click here to get the rest of the article, they're able to get a bunch of it into the reading app now. So you don't have to go to the website. They've added some additional features, but they've also added a subscription model and it's, it's, it's pretty expensive. It's $20 a year to use this app. And I thought about it when the app came out and I'm like, well, you know, I knew we were getting ready to do this show. I'm going to, I'm going to look at a bunch of apps probably with the intention of replacing unread. And ultimately I decided, you know what? I like the experience of unread. I'm willing to pay the 20 bucks. I mean, I don't drink Starbucks. There's a lot of stuff I don't do, but I can pay for unread. Yeah. I, I too have struggled with that. Um, I used Unread for a long time. I currently have Reader everywhere, but this episode also prompted me to reinstall it. And boy, it's so nice. (laughs) It really is nice. And it really doesn't have any features that Reader doesn't have. But to me, part of computing is the element of delight. And if something brings me delight, you know, then I should probably be using that. And uh, I do spend time in a news reading app every day or two. And why not make it the best one that I like the most? So I, I, I'm, I'm committing. I'm, I'm sending them twenty bucks when we get off the episode today. I'm in. Uh, so, so moving down our our mobile list, we come to fiery feeds, which is a whole. <laughs> we talked about like Ina Reader kind of being a whole platform. Fiery feeds yeah. is that, but at the app level. Um, yeah. Do you want to walk us through some of the fiery feeds stuff? It, it, there is so much to it. I mean, I am, um, you know, I have a podcast called the Mac power users and I have another one called the automators, right? So you would think this would be the one for me, but I just think so differently about RSS and we're going to talk about our workflows, but you know, the short version is I feel like RSS is great in moderation and a lot of these more expensive or fancier automation tools are things that I just don't need. Um, but, but fiery feed is the one, if you want to be the power user of RSS on your mobile device, this is the app for you. Cause there's just a whole bunch of hooks in it. It's got the best automation. Uh, what I will say though, is I don't think it's very pretty. <laughs> and what I do most in these things is read, read, you know, I read and just the way it lays it out. It looks to me like, they spent a lot more time working on, you know, the automation hooks than they did on just like, how do we make this look nice? Yeah. It's not the prettiest thing. It does sync with just about everything. Uh, One thing that is cool is it can sync just locally, but it will 
save your position with iCloud so you could use iCloud effectively as your feed service, which is pretty neat. Yeah, if you pay, that's a that's yes. what I think that's part of the paid yeah. service, but yeah, but that's possible. Mm-hmm. And um they uh, they support all the services and you know, they have great keyboard shortcuts, all this stuff that you think and it it's cheaper than Unread. It's I think it's $10 a year. I didn't look last time I looked it was $10 a year, but it's it's half the price of Unread if that's still true. Um but I uh I just didn't care for the way it looked. You know, so it just didn't really sync with me. Another feature they have was the um, where they try to look for things that are being shared a lot in your feed to surface. I think they call it hot links, if memory serves. And um, so it allows you to see, you know, stuff that may be surfaced in your feed. The, they also have a nice feature where it distinguishes between firehose feeds and, you know, low signal to noise feeds, you know, like you've got someone who posts once a day versus someone who posts 20 times a day, it's not going to bury the one timer a day in the middle of everything else. It actually separates the fire hose feeds for you automatically. Which is really handy if you want some of that stuff, but you don't want it clogging things up all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just couldn't get comfortable with it in the tests, but how did you feel? Did you, did you give it a shot again? Yeah. And I, I kind of feel the same way you do. Um, I don't love the design stuff, but it does have some, some features that just aren't available elsewhere. You can theme it. If you're willing to like deal with a JSON file, <laughs> um, you can go in there and change all the colors of the app it has really rich URL scheme support. So you can build shortcuts that use, X callback URL to, to do all sorts of things. There's a long list on their website and you can build automation within the application, but it's uh, it's all a bit much for me. It, it, it has features that I just don't, I just don't really need. Yeah. Another one that I looked at was called Lyra. I believe that's how they pronounce it. It's L I R E and it's a $10 a year subscription. It felt to me like halfway between unread or maybe reader and and fiery feeds it does have like the hot links feature where it'll pull stuff out for you it's definitely laid out better in than fiery feeds in my opinion um but you know i i think if you're looking for something a little bit further down the automation lane that one may be worth checking out too and it works with everything as well yeah i've not spent time with this uh until i show until i saw it show up in our uh, in our list. And, you know, it's, I think it's a fine alternative, but there's definitely, I think better options. Yeah. I, I just can't get over how much I missed unread without realizing it as I was prepping for the show. It's like, cause I just reloaded unread last night. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is what I like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I, I'm so opinionated about this stuff because I only read RSS stuff generally on the iPad and sometimes iPhone. And I really like to have a nice experience with it. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're reading potentially a lot of stuff, like the friction really matters too. Like you said, you feel like that was a little bit off for you in, in reader and maybe uh, unread was a better fit. Like all of those little touches really matter in RSS apps I think, honestly, I think more so here than other types of apps. Like, I think there's so many of them because people can be picky about them. And I think it's great that iOS users have so many options. Yeah. Yeah. 
This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Indeed. Go to Indeed slash MPU and get a $75 credit to boost your job post. One of the greatest challenges we all face is taking all the information available to us and knowing where to focus. This happens in all areas of work and life, including hiring. With Indeed, you have access to the largest pool of talent and can hire the right people and quickly. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in the hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed dot com slash mpu this is their best offer available anywhere so go right now to indeed.com slash mpu terms and conditions do apply and the offer is valid through september 30th our thanks to indeed for their support of the mac power users and all of relay fm let's talk a little bit about working with rss we've talked about reading and subscribing but a, a lot of times you may need to do a little bit more one of my great frustrations with the Mac is Safari's lack of support for RSS. That used to not be true. It used to be that Safari included a built-in RSS reader. In fact, there was a whole release called Safari RSS, but it's gone. If you, if you load an RSS feed in Safari, it just tries to hand off to another app. Um, but Chrome on the Mac can actually see the actual feed. So I can paste in an RSS feed and for me, I have to troubleshoot things or, or test things, you know, with, with Relay. And and so I keep Chrome around for that. But I, I wish that Safari was better at this. Even if it just had a simple yeah. view, if you clicked on an RSS feed, it would load it in place and kind of prompt you to go elsewhere. They're just totally just like throwing their hands up in the air and sort of running around screaming when you hit an RSS feed is really annoying. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear someday the story behind how that happened. Like, why did you give up that lead? Maybe it's just not used very much. But man, for those of us that did or do like RSS, it was sad when the first time I put a link into Safari and it kicked me into another application. Yeah, that's a real bummer. Uh, yeah. In the in the past, talking about another Apple app with questionable RSS support. In the past, it was possible to just add a site's RSS feed directly to Apple News, but it seems like last year that changed and you can now no longer just give Apple News a random RSS feed that you found out on the internet. Now, this is different than if you're a publisher and you're submitting your own feed to be included in Apple News, but say a reader of Max Barkey just came by copied your RSS feed, open news to go. Like, oh, I'll just have it with my other Apple news stuff that no longer works. And that bums me out because they're turning Apple news into a service. Like I understand that, but it is frustrating that you can't sideload into Apple news anymore. Yeah. And as a publisher, I can tell you that their, their reference to my RSS link is constantly breaking. Yes. It seems like I'm always hearing from 
readers who want to read Max Sparky in the news app who can't. And it's like, I'll email Apple, maybe it'll start working and it'll stop working. It, it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of wood behind the arrow on RSS support in Apple News. No, I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes so you can see what Apple says about publishing to Apple News. Honestly, I don't really care about it for 512 pixels. If someone says it's broken, then I go fix it and then I just let it sit until someone else tells me it's broken. Yeah, that's that's basically my relationship as yeah. well. If you are looking to cr- have an RSS feed, so you want to create an RSS feed, say you're going to blog or have a podcast, almost any content management system, so Squarespace or WordPress or any of those other systems out there, you know, all these like podcast hosting services, We'll all generate them for you and give them to you so you can, you know, paste them into uh, tweets so people can subscribe or have a link to it. It's really uh, way easier to create an RSS feed than it used to be. I remember years and years ago, well before, I mean, probably like 15 years ago, there were a couple of Mac apps that would let you create a podcast RSS feed and then just upload like the XML file to a server. I was like, I haven't thought about that in a long time until prepping for this, because now it's all just automatically done by all these different hosts and providers. I remember having to do that once for Mac power users. And I thought I was diffusing a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. No good. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so it is easier to create than ever, but also more difficult to work with sometimes. Um, but what is cool is that, RSS is really simple. So you can pull up an RSS feed in Chrome and look at the source and it's really easy to understand what's going on. I mean, it's called RSS for a reason, really simple. And so it is human readable to a degree. You can figure out what's going on. And I like that about RSS. I like that it, that it's really easy to have an application, you know, read an RSS feed and break out the stories, whether it be blog posts or podcast or anything else. I like that it's flexible and simple and open. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Let's talk about um, you as RSS consumers, some best practices and tips. Mm -hmm. Everybody that's, you know, maybe we sold folks on the idea of installing RSS or getting back into it. There's definitely some rules of the road, in my opinion. And as I've said a few times throughout this episode, I think the starting point is once you set up an RSS, don't, uh, reader, don't necessarily sign up for 100 feeds, you know, be choosy about what you pick and i almost feel like i want you know service um websites to kind of earn their way onto my rss if i find myself going there a couple times to sign up for me don't be afraid and i think also that trigger should be uh inversely related to the amount of publishing they do the more they publish the least likely you should be willing to add it to your rss um the the ones that just put out an article like what Syracuse publishes once a year i mean that's an easy <laughs> yeah, rss i want feed, to read right? that you know <laughs> yeah but when you see some of these other sites that you know the verge is a good example i mean what they publish 100 articles a day yeah. i mean wild you can't you can't do that to yourself although i will say with sites like the verge quite often they have separate they have multiple rss feeds so if you go to one of those firehose sites you may say, well, just give me anything on the verge that's related to Apple News, you know, and then you can, you know, reduce that so you don't get all the Windows laptop announcements in your feed. You know, look at these um, these feeds that are going to throw a lot of articles at you uh, very carefully because if you start getting just hundreds or thousands of articles in your RSS feed, then reading it 
becomes a chore, it doesn't become fun. Yeah, I think that's that's true. Uh, something else I would really strongly suggest is having folders in your RSS uh, setup. So yeah, you, if you do have some of those fire hoses, you can partition them off and just view them when you want to. Um, I have mine roughly by category, just like I have photo albums. Remember that? Um, uh, so I've got, you know, Apple. I've got one that's cars, you know, various uh, subjects. And I find that to be really helpful because like some days I'm really busy and I I know that I just want to hit, I have one called highlights and it's like three or four blogs written by people I really like. It's like, okay, if I just need to quickly see what's going on in the world, I know that these four people will have covered it. And I just hit that and mark everything else as red. So you can, you can build these systems in with folders that I find really useful. Yeah. Mark all is red is a great button in these things. Uh-huh. So like there's, there's a lot of things in life you should feel guilty about if you're not paying enough attention to them, like, um, your children or, you know, the thing that keeps paying for your shoes, but reading your RSS feed is not something you should feel guilty about. You know, if you get busy and you look at it and there's 200 articles and you don't feel like, you know, scrolling through them, mark them all as red start new, you know, it's okay. You'll, you'll be all right. One of the things I, I've, I've talked mean about fire hoses, but I kind of have a kind of a philosophy about fire hoses. Sometimes you want one in your life, like, because I'm connected enough in the Apple world, I think it's good to have like one site that covers everything to have one of those, but I don't want two of them. Like, uh, the verge is a good example. They cover everything that happens in the technology world, but there's another site nine to five Mac that does the same thing basically, but they're really just focused on Apple related stuff. I like their writers. I, I just chose because I like the way they write and I feel like they're a good publication. So that's my fire hose. You know, I indulge in one, you know, so it's not necessarily anything wrong with getting some of those in your feed, but just why would you get two when they're both going to publish the same article? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally fair. And and honestly, you know, most of the stuff finds its way to you eventually anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, any big story you're going to find out one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, the um I I think though uh, uh getting those sections is great, you know, breaking it down into pieces. Uh be willing to try be experimental like there's something you're interested in, like if suddenly you've developed an interest in making paper airplanes, go out and find a couple blogs that do that, that where people focus on that and add it to your RSS feed. I think that's kind of the reason I like RSS so much is that when I develop an interest in something, or even I'm just reading a book about something that I'm kind of interested in a while, I'll add a blog or two to my RSS feed. And it makes it really fun to sit down and kind of catch up with that part of the world. Um, And a related idea is even though RSS, you know, is all about news feeds do you want the world news and national news in your RSS app? I don't think that's necessarily yes. I think it just depends on what you want it to be, right? Like mine is mostly work type stuff, like tech news and that sort of thing. And so I don't have other things in there necessarily. Like if I want to read the world news, I'll go to a browser and open a couple of websites, but it's it's just like you said about social media, right? There are some things that I want there and some things that don't belong there and it's up to you to figure it out. But also like if you're unhappy with the, you know, the way news is covered on TV, maybe you'll find a couple 
good writers on the internet and follow them. That's that's. I mean, it can cut either way, but the point is you have control over that decision when you decide to go into an RSS workflow. Totally. So what is your workflow with RSS? I mean, we've talked about, so you've got your service, you've got your apps and it sounds to me like you're, well, I don't know. You haven't decided yet. Are you going to go back to unread or are you going to stick with one of these? Uh, We'll see. We'll see if uh, reader or unread wins my affections on the iPhone, but I'll sit down. I don't keep RSS open on my Mac normally um, unless it's kind of a quiet day. And it's like, well, I got some time to blog today. Like maybe something will light a spark. Like today has been banana pants. And so there's probably a bunch of stuff in there waiting for me that I'll mark all as red. Um, But I'll, I'll go through RSS. I very rarely, I very rarely leave things there. So I will either send it to a read it later service like Instapaper or I may make it a task to link to on five twelve pixels later. And on iOS, I have a shortcut for that. On my Mac, I just copy the link real quick and just dump it into into Todoist for later. It's because, like I said, I, I treat it like an email. Right? Like I don't want things sitting in my inbox. I don't want things sitting in my RSS inbox, if you will. Uh, they're either going to get read now or sent to Instapaper if it's really special or sent to Todoist or just marked as red. So I, I, I tend to treat them as, you know, sort of like a river going by. And if I'm, if I miss it, you know, there'll be uh there'll be another thing coming downstream soon enough. Yeah. And we are going to cover read it later services at some point, but you can see we're an hour and a half in, we don't have time for it today. Uh, but I am interested I, for the last couple of years, I've just gone with the easy route and I'm just using Apple's reading list for my read it later service. Um, but as I'm increasingly reading interesting things on the web, I might want some more powerful tools for that, that I don't have with, um, reading list, but currently my workflow is just the same. I go, the RSS, um, app is the inbox and I go through it pretty quickly. Uh, if there's a short article, I'll read it in the RSS app. If there's an article I want to study or kind of read it more carefully, I just put it in reading list. That's kind of like the second tier for me. And my weekly task list, you know, my end of the week task list includes clear out reading lists. And I've been able to do that now for a couple of years where reading list on Monday is empty for me. And so I go through it on the weekend and kind of through the course of the week and I read articles from it, or I might move them. Sometimes I will save them archivally into something like raindrop, or sometimes they're it's a fodder for a blog post or something and I'll write a post and then just get rid of it. So it it depends what I do, but reading list is kind of the second tier for me. And then from there, something else happens. Another big piece of my workflow for RSS, because I do almost all of it on mobile is shortcuts. There is so many great things you can do with shortcuts and blog posts or uh, websites. Um, People, I don't think people realize what a great job the shortcuts team has done on this. Like, you can pull out the article title, article author, article URL, and the article body language as separate variables with a, sh- a single shortcut and using magical variables. So you can do so much with it. Like lately, I have been experimenting more with this Rome research as kind of a research tool. And one of the tricks to Rome is you put the text of, of articles you're interested in in Rome. And that way you can create hyperlinks between pieces of that article and something else. And you can highlight it and do a whole bunch of other cool stuff with Rome. But, you know, there's all these people making YouTube videos about how they block and copy the article 
and then they paste it in, then they go through and they repair the formatting and they do it. It's like they spend t- 10 minutes getting this article into Rome. And I'm like, this is silly. You just create a shortcut that pulls the author, the URL, and you assemble basically the Rome entry right there. The way I do it is actually send it to drafts because drafts is just a great place to do, to receive automation. And then I just paste that into Rome and it's all done for me. It doesn't take 10 minutes. It takes one. And uh, that's all because the automation tools you get out of websites and they run right out of RSS apps. You know, the sharing button and RSS apps will all give you those automation tools. So I guess that's a long explanation of if you want to automate this stuff, try it on mobile first. Yeah, totally. Uh, I've even recreated like in Chrome where I can view an RSS feed. I've even recreated that in shortcuts. I'll put that shortcut in the show notes. Uh, so it is surprisingly powerful what you can do on iOS and iPadOS with RSS. And again, I think it goes back to that simplicity, right? That, yeah, it's really easy to parse these things and shortcuts can just go in there and grab things out of tags and be on its way. Yeah, I mean, another example of a shortcut I use is if it's something I want to write a blog post about, it creates a task item in OmniFocus with the name of the article and says, write article about, you know, name of article. And then it opens up drafts and it sets up all the like stuff I do to prep an article for publication. And then at the bottom, it has all the links and everything I can use. So usually if I'm writing an article about something, I'm going to be linking it. So it gives me all that stuff in the draft as well. So I don't have to go back and later and grab it out of Safari. And it's like, you can do so much with this stuff. It's great. RSS, two thumbs up. Yep. Not dead. Four thumbs up. Not going anywhere. Yeah, not, not dead. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think this would be a good one in the forums if you're into RSS. Let us know what your favorite RSS apps are. Maybe share some of your interesting feeds. That'd be fun, too, to see what people are reading in RSS. And um, let us know. You can do that over at talk.macpowerusers.com. We are the Mac Power Users. You can find us over at relay.fm slash MPU. Thank you to our sponsors, 1Password, Hover, Mint Mobile, and Indeed. Everybody go over and go to stjude.org slash RelayFM. Get started. Contribute. The Mac Power Users is always one of the biggest contributors to this every year. I want to keep that up. And um, thanks for listening. <laughs>